0: Hey Grace Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. Really excited that you'd be here. Listen, today we're going to be reading a lot of the Word of God. So what I need you to do is get your smartphone, your dumb phone, your iPad, your MyPad, whatever pad that you use to get the Word of God, your Bible if you're old school like that. And let's get into the Word of God. I'm reading from Joshua 1 to 9. Joshua 1 to 9, it's a long piece of scripture, so follow with me. It says the following. Now it had happened after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant attendant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise to take his place, cross over this Jordan, you and all his people into the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel, I have given you every place which the sole of your feet treads, just as I promised to Moses." From the wilderness of Arabia in the south and this Lebanon in the north, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates in the east, and all the land, the Hittites, and as far as the great Mediterranean Sea, toward the west shall be your territory. God is telling Joshua of how expansive this land, the promised land, that he has promised to his Israelites. And what he's asking Joshua to do is to take Moses' place and lead the Israelites there. And he says, no man will be able to stand before you, to oppose you as long as you live, just as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you or abandon you. And we're going to focus on this today. It says the following, be strong and confident and courageous, for you will give this people as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers, their ancestors, to give them. And again, he says this to Joshua. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do everything in accordance with the entire law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may prosper. Just type in the comment section, prosper. And be successful wherever you go. The book of this law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it, day and night, so that you might be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous. Everyone type in the comment section, prosperous, and then you will be successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Such a powerful piece of scripture, and I've entitled my talk today, How to Get From Here To there, how to get from here to there. Just type in the comments section how to get from here to there. Maybe your friend needs a bit of direction today in their life. Type an SMS or a WhatsApp or a Facebook message and say, hey, friend, come and listen, of how you can go from here to there. I wanna ask you this question Have you ever been in a place in your life where you were kind of transitioning from one stage of your life to the next? Maybe you were moving from one job to the next. Maybe you are transitioning from being a single man to being an engaged man to being a married man. Listen, in life we all go through transitions, shifts, changes. And it's interesting that Whenever you go through some form of transition in your life, there's always this feeling of nervousness, this feeling of like anxiousness or like trepidation or a little bit of anxiety or fear. I know for me, when I was transitioning from going from being a single man to being engaged to being married, I remember on the day of the wedding, when I walked into the wedding venue with my groomsmen and I saw the venue and I saw my family there, I got so nervous. I actually went to the bathroom. I actually almost felt like vomiting. Thank God I didn't. But I cried because the reality of it all hit me like a wave. I was going to have to provide for my lovely wife and thank God he has made a way for us. But whenever you go through a transition in your life, when you're moving from one level to the next, there's always some form of fear or anxiety. Maybe you've transitioned from one job to another. Maybe you were promoted and the responsibilities have increased, and so there's a little bit of nervousness, and maybe you're having to fill someone else's shoes, and you're feeling, am I gonna be adequate? Am I gonna be able to do this? Maybe you're transitioning from being married, maybe your husband and wife, and you're transitioning to being parents and you're like, you're excited about it, but there's a little bit of nervousness in it. You're like, am I going to be able to be a good dad? Am I going to be able to be a good mother? In life, we all go through transitions. Transitions are all a part of life. And what you need to understand is Joshua is facing a major transition in his life. God has asked Joshua to take over, to be the leader of the Israelites, to lead the Israelites into the promised land. But what you must understand is, to give you a little bit of context, is that Moses was kind of a big deal. He was a legend of some sort. People admired and respected Moses because Moses was the chosen one that God had appointed to lead the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt. What you need to understand is that the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt for 400 years, and God chooses Moses to take the Israelites out. And Moses is a big deal because of how he led the Israelites out of Egypt and into and kind of preparing them to go into the promised land. God used Moses to part the Red Sea. He used Moses to bring the plagues into Egypt to change the heart of Pharaoh. So Moses is a big deal. And so Moses leads the Israelites out of Egypt and they're on the verge of stepping into the promised land. And what Moses does is that he sends 12 spies to spy the land, to have us look, to check if this is the promised land that God has given them. So he sends 12 spies, 10 come back, And they come back with a negative report. They say that they will not be able to take the land because they're giants in the land. And their unbelief spread, their negative report spread into the whole Israelite community, over 2 million people. And as a result of their unbelief, they did not step into the promised land. As a result of their lack of faith and this negative report from 10 people, They did not step into the promised land, but two spies, Joshua and Caleb, come back, positive report. They say, we can take the land. God will help us through it, but they did not listen to Joshua and Caleb. And so, an 11-day journey took 40 years. The Israelites are now stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, and as a result of their unbelief and their lack of obedience, the adults of the Israelite nation die, and now a new generation is ready to take the promised land. So God now appoints Joshua to be that leader. And what you need to understand is that a new generation is standing on the banks of the Jordan River wondering if they have the faith to do what their wondering parents did not. This group of some two million people is poised to take claim of the promises of God. But also they're probably frightened because they've been here before. They've been to the banks uh, just outside of the promised land. They've heard the report, and so they might be frightened. They're probably thinking, will they commit the same sin as their parents, who died because of their disobedience? They're in a tough spot because their leader, Moses, is now dead, but they're on the verge of victory and success. And I don't know who this is for, but I feel like you're on the verge of victory and success. And today, I want to encourage you to be strong and courageous. Can you relate? Maybe you're afraid of turning the next step in your life, taking the next step of faith that God has told you to. Perhaps you've been wandering in the wilderness of doubt, the wilderness of uncertainty, the wilderness of lack of faith. Maybe you've experienced failure and failure and you feel like you don't have what it takes To move on and take the promises that God has to you. Today, I want to help you by giving you five keys to help you to get from here to there. And we're going to study what Joshua did in helping the Israelites take hold of the promised land that God had for them. The first point that I have for you is that you need to submit To the purposes of God. If you want to get from here to there, and everyone has a there. I don't know what your there is. My there is different to your there. But I know as I'm speaking right now, God is reminding you of the promise that he gave to you. But you've been afraid. The first thing that you need to do is submit to the purposes of God. After Moses dies, the Lord speaks to Joshua. And what you need to understand, Joshua had been serving Moses for a long time. And he says this in verse 2. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Would you just type that in the comment section? Arise. He says, Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. And I want to define to you what arise means. Arise means to take decisive action by standing, to take decisive action by standing standing. I wondered why God told Joshua to arise, and it made me think that maybe Joshua was sitting. He was sitting in a place of defeat. The leader that he had followed was now dead, and he was probably mourning his death. Maybe he's seated because he's feeling discouraged, discouraged knowing that maybe they were never going to get into the promised land. Maybe he was seated because he felt like he had no direction. Like who was going to lead the Israelites now because the leader, Moses, that everyone who had followed for so many years had passed away. And maybe Joshua was seated because he was maybe contemplating to himself do I have what it takes to become this next leader? And I wondered, maybe he went onto to Moses' Instagram page and scrolled through and, and found the moment, a post that Moses had posted when he hit the rock and it turned to water, and he sees another Instagram post of Moses parting the Red Sea, and maybe he's comparing, he's behind the scenes to Moses' highlight reel, and he's becoming more and more discouraged because Maybe he doesn't think he has what it takes. And maybe today you're in a place like Joshua, feeling defeated and discouraged, lacking direction. And I just believe that the word that God has for you today is arise. Arise, stand up, take decisive action by standing. Separate yourself from the depression, the defeat, the discouragement, the lost dream, stand and arise. So we've defined that you need to arise, to take decisive action by standing, separating yourself from the discouragement and stepping into what God has called you to do. And I want to tell you this. So God tells Joshua to arise, which we've defined to take decisive action by standing. After he arises, after he obeys, then God gives him the direction. Then God gives him the mission. And he says to him, go over this Jordan with all these people. God makes it clear that this is his work. He had used Moses before and now it's time for Joshua to take the new position that God has appointed to. God's plans did not die with the departure of one man because his work is not dependent on one man. It's dependent on the availability and the obedience of that individual. And I want to ask you this question. Have you submitted the purposes of God in your life? Have you submitted to the purposes of God in your life? And you might be asking, Seth, how do I submit to the purposes of God in my life? The purposes of God is the will of God. The will of God is the Word of God. And how you find the purpose of God for your life is by getting into the Word. Arise, take action. Stand up. Arise and show up at your business. Arise and believe that God will give that miracle healing. Arise and apply for the next job and trust God. Arise, love your husband or your wife. Arise and stand. Take the word of God and apply it to your life. Submitting to the purposes of God is very simple. In this definition, in what we've seen in Joshua, what he needed to do was obey the next step that God told him to do. God told him to arise, then he gave him his mission. God will tell you to arise, then he will give you direction. But all you need to do is obey. The next thing that you need to do, the first point to go from here to there is to submit to the purposes of God in your life. The second thing you need to do is seize the promises of God. Seize the promises of God. God always keeps his promises. Verse three, in Joshua one, verse nine, it says, every place the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. Don't miss this, guys. God had promised the land to the Israelites for a very long time. And what he keeps saying to them, God says, I have given it to you. But in verse two, he says, I am giving it to them. What the Israelites had to do, they had to take territory and possess it. They had to take hold of it. The promise was there, but it was dependent on their ability to take possession of it. The promises of God are there for you, but it is dependent on your ability to take hold of those promises. And I'll explain how you can do that. God also promises the following. He says, I promise success. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And in the second part of verse 5, he says, He promises to be right by their side, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The word leave refers to abandoning or dropping someone. God is telling Joshua, listen. I'm going to give you the land, but you need to take hold. You need to take possession of it. You need to act out in faith. You need to step out. The next thing he says to them is that, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And it got me thinking, God has not left us. He has actually sent us a helper. The Holy Spirit, John 14, 16 to 18, it says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. God was telling Joshua that they could take the land, but they needed to possess it. And then he's giving Joshua promise that, He would be with them. And for us, we have the promise, the comfort in knowing that the Holy Spirit is with us. We can count on His presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, because it's God's promise to us. The Israelites had been given the promise that God would give them the promised land, but they needed to take action. They needed to step out in faith. And what you need to understand, the Jordan River was the river that separated them and the promised land. And it was pretty easy to cross the Jordan River when it wasn't flooding. But scholars have noted that God called the Israelites to cross over to the Jordan River when it was flooding. So it was an impossible situation that they were stepping into. The Jordan River, as I mentioned, served as a boundary between Where they were to where God wanted them to go. And my question to you today is what's your Jordan River today? What is the promise that God has given you that you need to take a hold of? You need to step in. You need to seize. What barriers are you facing? Where is God asking you to take a step of faith? What's your transition? And I want to define to you how do you take hold of God's promises? How do you do it? What you need to understand, there are over 8,810 promises in God's word for you. 7,487 are promises that God has made to us, mankind. 7,487 different promises. And for every situation you're going through, there is a promise for it. And what you need to do, how you seize the promises is to get into the word of God. Read the word of God, understand all the things that are applicable to you. Just like when you sign any contract, you always look at the T's and C's. We have the opportunity that God has given us so many different promises, but so many people are not living in the abundant life because they have not seized the promises, because they have not taken hold of the promises. And the first step is by reading the word of God. The second step is by stepping out in faith. Take hold of the promises of God by faith. If you need provision, Philippians 4 verse 19 says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. If you need good health, Jeremiah 30 verse 17 says, but I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. If you need direction, Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, on all your ways, acknowledge him, And he will direct your paths. We've got to submit to the purposes of God in our life. We've got to seize the promises of God. The promises are found in his word. And how we activate those promises is by faith. The third key to going from here to there is to stand on the word of God. Stand on the word of God. Two different times God speaks the same words to Joshua. He says, be strong. And courageous. Be strong and courageous. The word strong comes from twisting ropes together, and courageous means to persist and conquer. Persist and conquer. In Joshua 1, verse 7, God tells Joshua again, only be strong and very courageous. The use of only has the idea of only one thing, and very means abundantly and exceedingly. So be strong persist and conquer, be strong, persist and conquer. The root word for courage actually comes from the word encouragements, which literally means to put heart into. And when God sees our fears and our anxiety, he wants to fill us with courage. Isaiah 43, one to two says the following, fear not for I have redeemed you, I've called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. God is urging us today, as we're going from our transitions, as we're moving from here to there, he's telling us to be strong and very courageous, very courageous, persistent and conquer. Persistent and conquer. Joshua 1 verse 7 says, be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. And verse eight says, be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And what you need to understand, it's easy to agree to the word of God. But what God wants for us is obedience. He wants us to, yes, be in agreement with the word of God, but he also wants us to obey. God is telling Joshua, Joshua, Be strong and courageous, but make sure you do everything that Moses, my servant, taught you. And at that stage, they didn't have the Bible. And we have an opportunity to read the Bible and apply it to our lives. And I want to ask you this question. Is there anything you've been putting off that you know God is telling you to do right now? If you're disobeying God, stop right now, confess it, ask for forgiveness and turn away from it. Turn away from it. God is telling Joshua, if he sticks to what Moses had taught him concerning all about the Bible, and luckily enough, we are blessed to have the written word of God. And what God is telling Joshua, stick to it and you will be prosperous. So what he's saying is, stick to the word of God and you will be successful. Joshua Verse eight says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And I wanna challenge you with this thought. If you want success in your life, three things you need to do. Communicate the word of God, meditate on the word of God and apply the word of God. Communicate the word of God by talking about it. The Bible must be on your lips day and night. You should be freely speaking about it Quote it, refer to it, so that when you're seeking direction, because you've been communicating and reading the Bible, you know that God will give you direction. From Proverbs 3 verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, always acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. But for you to know that is that you need to be talking about the word, you need to be reading the word. Number two, meditate on the word of God by thinking about it. Meditate on the word of God by thinking about it. To meditate means to chew on literally to Matter or dialogue with the word. I've found the best way to meditate is to first memorize a scripture, and the best way to memorize is first to meditate. They go hand in hand. The third thing in how to be successful is to apply the word of God by living it out. It must move from communication where you're talking about the word of God, then move to meditation where you're thinking about the word of God, and then it must move to application where you're living out the word of God. The word must freely flow from our lips, but it also has to be evident in our life. We're to submit to the purpose of God, seize the promises of God, stand on the word of God, and number four, we're to soak in the presence of God. Don't you love the fact that God is always with us, that he will never leave us nor forsake us, Joshua needed that assurance because God told him, be strong and courageous. But then he kept telling him, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Joshua 1 verse 5 says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Hebrew reads like this. I will never make you sink and I will never drop you. God has not left us. In fact, he has sent us the Holy Spirit to be with us. And as i was reading through the scripture i realized we have an advantage joshua didn't have that advantage because at that stage jesus hadn't come to the earth we have an advantage jesus came to the earth he died he rose again and then he said he would send us a helper who is the holy spirit the holy spirit is the personal presence of god himself John 14, 16 to 18 reads the following He says, And I will ask the Father, He will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener to be with you forever. As I was meditating on this verse, I realized that we have an advantage that the Holy Spirit is our strengthener. So when God tells us to be strong and courageous, we should realize that we have the Holy Spirit alongside us to strengthen us so that in times where we don't feel like we have the strength we can rely on the strength of the strengthener who is the Holy Spirit when you need strength to keep going in your business don't rely on your own strength rely on the strength that is provided through the Holy Spirit when you need strength to apply for that next job and maybe you've gotten rejection letter after rejection letter maybe instead of relying on your own strength it's time to rely on the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit maybe you're facing a transition in your life right now where you're moving from one stage of your life to the next and you don't know if you're going to handle it maybe my friend today is the day you need to rely on the strengthener the Holy Spirit our advantage the Holy Spirit will give you the power to do what he's called you to do you can have courage because of the character of God himself and you can have strength because of the Holy Spirit, the strengthener. We need to submit to the purposes of God. We need to seize the promises of God. We need to stand on the word of God. We need to soak in the presence of God and not rely on our own strength, but the strength that comes from the strengthener, the Holy Spirit. And the last one, we need to serve God and him alone. Serve God and him alone. Joshua goes on to lead this new generation of Israelites. They cross the Jordan River into the promised land. And the Bible tells of incredible miracles that God performed through Joshua. At one stage, they were in a battle, and Joshua asked God to make the sun stand still so that they would have enough time to defeat the enemies. And it happened. God performed incredible miracles through Joshua. He was strong and courageous and he's reflecting on the end of his life he's 110 years old now and he's reflecting on the victories that God had taken the Israelites and he says this to them in Joshua 24:14 to 15 now therefore fear the lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth remove the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the Euphrates River, he's talking about the wilderness and in Egypt, and he says, "Serve the Lord." Just type in the comment section there. Serve the Lord. If it is unacceptable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom will you serve? Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua knows the human heart and how hard it is for us to surrender our lives fully to God. So he challenges the Israelites to serve the Lord. He knows that we can get complacent. We're prone to compromise. And some of us procrastinate in order to avoid commitment. And he's challenging them with these four things. He says, number one, fear the Lord devotedly. The word now means in light of all God has done in your life, have fear, have a reverence for God. Number two, he says, serve the Lord exclusively. Joshua is calling his people today to serve the Lord with all they have. The word serve in Hebrew comes from the same root as worship and is used 15 times in this chapter. Worship must lead to our working. Are you worshiping God in your space of work? Are you serving God in your space of work? Number three, he tells them, throw away idols totally. It's amazing how many times the Israelites, God would do an amazing miracle and you'd think that they would want to worship God, but then they would create their own idols. And my question to you today is, what idols do you need to throw away in your life? What idols do you need to throw away in your life? An idol is really anything that is loved or feared more than God. It can involve the worship of a person, hello, an image, an object, an activity, or an idea. Which idols in your life do you need to throw? Choose whom will you serve unreservedly. You see, when we walk in this life of faith, God may perform amazing miracles. And I've noticed even in my life, sometimes I can lose focus of God and focus on the blessing and not the blesser. And I want to challenge you today. As soon as you start to focus on the blessing and not the one who's given you the blessing, that blessing has become your idol. Choose whom will you serve. Who are you serving today? What idol do you need to throw away? Are you serving your own agenda or are you serving God's agenda in your life? Joshua states that choose whom you will serve this day. A choice is required, my friend. It's a personal choice and it's an urgent choice. Too many of us waver and hesitate and resist because we want to keep one foot in the world and one foot in doing the things of God. Joshua is saying you can't do that. You need to choose whom will you serve. Spiritual indecision leads to disorientation. Ooh, Let me say that again. Spiritual indecision leads to disorientation. Or to say it another way, indifference will lead to indecision. When you're indecisive, you will find yourself stuck. Not going from here to there. Whom will you serve? To get from here to there, we've defined that one, you need to submit to the purposes of God. Number two, you need to seize the promises of God. Number three, you need to stand on the word of God. You need to soak in the presence of God. And number five, you need to serve God and Him alone. I want to pray for you today. Maybe you're in a season of transition, just like Joshua. You want to get from here to there. God has given you a promise, but you're afraid. I want to pray for you today to let go of the spirit of fear and step into what God has called you to and rely on the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're sitting in a place today where you're stuck in indecision You know exactly what God has told you to do, but you're afraid to take the next step. I want to pray that God will give you the courage to step out and you would stand, you would arise and step into it. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you've showed us how we can go from here to there. I want to pray, God, for people who are in a season of transition. Maybe, God, they're trusting you for the next step in their life. I pray that you'd give them direction, direction and peace. But I then pray, God, that you'd give them the courage to step out. As soon as you've told them what to do, God, I pray that they would not waste time, that they would not try and contemplate and overanalyze and step into analysis paralysis, God, that they would arise and take the next step. You'd give them the courage and they'd step out in faith And God that they would see amazing miracles in their lives. God, I pray for those of us who need today to throw away any idol that we've begun to worship outside of you. God, I ask that you please forgive us of our sin of worshiping things that we're not supposed to worship, worshiping our blessings instead of the one who gave us the blessing, which is you, God. God, we turn away from that and we put our focus on you. We throw away any idol that stands in the way of worshiping you and we worship you today. Amen. Maybe you've been serving the wrong person, the wrong thing. And maybe today you need to choose whom will you serve? Will you serve yourself, your selfish ambition, your pride? Or will you turn your life around and serve Jesus Christ and make him the Lord of your life? Will you submit and surrender your life to Christ? My friend, God has amazing plans and purposes for you but they can only begin when you make the decision to accept Jesus Christ into your life. And all you need to do is repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I confess that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short, that I have made mistakes. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to please forgive me of my sins. I turn away. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart today. I believe that you died and rose again. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we are so excited for you because you've made the biggest decision in your life, the best decision in your life. And what we want to do is connect you to a local church to help you grow. Just like when you get into a gym and you get into a group of people who are helping you in your physical health, we want to get you in a group of people who can help you with your spiritual health. Would you text save to the number below so that we can get you in a community or a church in your local area so that you can grow and go from here to there in your spiritual walk day by day? Amen. God bless. And remember to be strong and very courageous. And not rely on your own strength, but the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. Take care and God bless. Thank you for watching such a powerful message that the pastor shared. If you enjoyed that message, I would like to encourage you to kindly sow a seed towards the ministry, just so that we can keep bringing you these powerful messages. These messages encourage a whole lot of people and with your help, we will be able to reach a much wider audience and possibly lead them to the Lord. So sow your seed today. The banking details will show up on your screen right now. In the Bible, it says that each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. May God continue to bless you and your family as you give towards the kingdom of the Lord.